Hey there, Field fans. I am Jeff. I'm Dave. I'm John, and welcome back to the Love of Welcome Cinema, back indeed. A pod in which we'll challenge one another <laughs> to discuss movies both new and old with a strictly positive critical eye. Uh, that's right. And to make this a drinking game, fuck John, this is you did this, man. <laughs> to make this a drinking game. I did this, game. I fucked this up. Freudian we had technical slip. difficulties. Yeah. We this is this is but, round two. We are trying this again. We, I fucked yeah, it we, up. All right. Jeff, try that, try that <laughs> intro again. Let's give it we a shot. We are trying to avoid lazy negativity, people. That that is why we have made this a drinking game, not because we want to drink with friends during a pandemic when you hear this sound i promise you we have just consumed an alcoholic beverage and we hope you do the same at home yeah (laughs) yeah so pour yourselves a glass and give it up for some films we love yes that's all i can say this week that's That's right we we ditched those razzies before we talk about that we're going to send it over to john for a couple quick shout outs Mm mm-hmm Couple quick shout outs. We're drinking podcast. We have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barroso. He has an C Barroso Bar 2019. That is C B A R R O Z O B A R 2019 if you want to give him a follow. And if you're digging the music on this episode and every single episode, the music is made by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein. D A S E I N. If you want to, you can download all the music for free. Go to over to soundcloud.com forward slash dasign dash artist and you can find all the music available right there for you. And as always, if you could please like us, love us, rate, review, subscribe, all the fucking things at the love of cinema pod on every yes. single platform except for Twitter. All the fucking things. It's just at the love of cinema there. At yeah, all those fucking things. Please, please, please come <laughs> at us. Uh, I did want to say very quickly, uh her name, I believe, was Maggie Dento, right? Is that correct? I do not have it in front of me right in a second. Yeah, maybe we don't need the last name anyway, in case she didn't. Uh... Yeah, don't let yeah, we'll I mean, her. I mean, we'll, her name's on YouTube. We'll it's be fine. editing that out. We had a response. <laughs> okay, well, we did, it's public. She did it public. Two, did, uh, two, uh, two episodes ago, we talked about Sia's film, Music. And uh, we had a lovely response from a member of the autistic community who we were talking in our conversation about that, trying to be as respectful and open-minded and educated as possible. And we asked to have some responses from anyone who was a member of the autistic community who saw that film. And Maggie responded to us on the YouTube channel. If you want to head over there and read her response, I learned something. I really appreciated what she said. As always, there is no wrong way to watch a movie. You just need Mm. to be honest and truthful about how you felt about it. So thank you, Maggie, for teaching us all something. And uh, everyone, please feel free to respond to all of our things. We really will get back to you. And I think it's going to enrich all of our conversations. So thank you, Maggie. I I love it when we get feedback. It's awesome. Yeah, and if it's hate mail, Dave responds surprisingly fast. <laughs> surprisingly fast. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. Come on, come at me. Come at me. People, this is week 13 of our Oscar Razzies series. It was the best of film. It was the worst of film. Except this is now the second week of just our Oscar series because fuck the Razzies. Yep. So we, we thought it would be a... F- I don't know if you're buzzing me or not. You thought Both of us, really. We thought it would be a fun gimmick to have great films and not so great films. And then the 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 then nominations the came mean. out. The best supporting actress list has Glenn Close, who first of all is never on a Razzie list ever. Go fuck yourself, Razzies. It had Kristen <laughs> Wiig for Cheetah, which get the fuck out of here. That's stupid. It had a 17-year-old girl. It was not her fault. And then Fantasy Island wasn't that bad. So like, it's such a stupid reminder of why the Razzies suck, even though we actually spend weeks, weeks propping it up. Weeks. I feel and then, a little and shitty then we about found, it. And then on top of that, we found out you have to buy your vote. And then you buy your vote. Yeah. How many people paid 
to vote against Glenn Close, go fuck yourself. Get out of here. Anyway, yeah. so you we are now just money. doing Oscar movies. We're going to introduce them in a second. But why don't we go ahead but first and go and do a quick round of what you've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? All right. I'm going to rattle these off quick because there's a lot. I, I kept going with Legion, which just gets weirder and weirder. I'm in season three now. They've started messing with time. It's great. Uh, I finally, everyone's been hassling me to watch the Ozark. I finally started. Nice. And Still I am loving it. I, I, I watched the first episode on the train and I, there was one moment where I literally like jumped on the train and people were looking at me like, is that a COVID side effect? Or, And <laughs> uh, I did my triannual Scott Pilgrim rewatch and then I jumped down for Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, I watched or it Kong too. Kong vs. Godzilla. Which way is it? I always get it wrong. It's, uh, it's, it's one of... One, this one's Godzilla versus Kong. That's right. Yeah, because we watched Kong versus Godzilla. Right, the original for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that that was stupid good fun. Um, this one is stupid good fun with better visual effects. Mm. I I really enjoyed it. Ryan, who was on our show uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we also did a, a little Snyder special uh, where we agreed wholeheartedly. Did not agree with me on this one. Uh, he bagged the shit out of it on yeah. on Facebook. Uh, yeah. So feel free to find him. Um, yeah, but, but he's yeah, buried I, in his he's I, buried in his dungeon watching movies though. So see right? if you can get yeah, him outside yeah. in the light of day. <laughs> we'll all go to Japan, just walk up and go, not funny. <laughs> um Yeah, I just uh it was it was a it was a good film. I feel like there was a just like one point in it where it was like suspension of disbelief just went fucking sideways out the window. But apart from that, I feel like it was stupid good fun. And what what do you expect with, you know, Godzilla vs. Kong? Um I, one thing I will say though, that uh Snyderverse fans took to it a little bit uh, because they had this little incident where they asked, they got the Snyderverse and they were like, yay, now give us Justice League 2 and give us the Aya cut and give us Justice League 3 and restore the Snyder universe. And DC went, uh, sorry, Warner Brothers went, yeah, we're not going to do that. So they went, all right, fuck you, and went to Godzilla vs. Kong, gave one-star reviews and review bumped it. And I'm like, what are you, fucking five? Like, wow, you didn't get what you want. You're so not, you're going to ruin... You're, you're going to negatively review a film that has nothing to do with what you're doing and, like, ruin the hard work of all these fucking people who put all this effort in. Fuck off with that shit. You're, you're, not, spe- you're, you're, not, specula- you're not speculating, are you? You actually, you like, saw this on a thread? Like, that, that, yeah. that happened? They actually did that. Like, oh, oh, wow. dude, it's been the week for it. Um, Wyatt Russell, the guy in um, Falcon and Winter Cap- Soldier, Captain America 2, death threats. He's getting death threats. It's a character on TV, you stupid fucks. Yeah. What the Sorry, I get more feisty now. I don't know. I mean, and we've the, all been it, fucking and of stuck. Course, Go, Jeff. And the worst part is they didn't even fucking review, like they didn't even like death threat him. He doesn't have a Twitter. So they death threaded his fan account. He got his death threat by proxy. <laughs> you useless. No, no, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. It's my problem. Please I'll work stop. through it. John, what are you no, even watching? Right. Uh, <laughs> Well, I guess I'll kick it off by saying uh, I watched the entire Q Into the Storm uh, six-part miniseries on HBO. Wow. Which, uh, are, are you okay? Of, speaking of weird fucking <laughs> nerds that sit at home too much on their computer and how they have too much influence on the world. Maybe that'll tie into what you were just saying. I feel like we are living in, in existence right now where the loudest voices on the internet are people who you would never talk to in real life, who don't have actually have friends, who definitely don't have balanced sex lives and love lives and are, have way too much influence on all of us. So I don't want to give away the goose. Uh, there is a CNN uh, special that Anderson Cooper did about a month ago. I recommend watching that one, too. This one is more a filmmaker 
did a really good job of deep diving as soon as this basically got crazy at the beginning, end of 2017, mm. beginning of 2018. And he tries to figure out exactly who it is. So I don't want to tell you who he thinks it is, uh, but it's fucked up. And it's a... Uh, it says a lot, I think, about what we think about the internet universe. I also watched um, Godzilla vs. Kong, and um, I didn't I didn't hate it, but I do think it's probably the worst one of that new reboot. I, I really enjoyed mm. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> and I think it probably is because of the shamelessness of the visual effects. I love the way Garrett, what's his name, directed the first one, where Godzilla is kind of in the background of shots a lot. There's only a few moments where it's full-on mm. Godzilla. And I thought that was so effective with the way they would build suspense and the way it would actually feel to have, yeah. you know, a, a giant mean, monster in your city. And they've just gotten a little bit more shameless and like tongue in cheek, well, like wink, they, wink. They they spider they Spider Man three it. Yeah, like you you had you had Kong, you had Godzilla, you had Inner World, you had Mega fucking Godzilla. Mega Godzilla. Yeah, it like just, it's it's like they really did. I think they did go. I think they did go too much. Two movies. Yeah, it was a little too much. But I still I like. Kaiju movies, I, I think it was still a fun time. I'm not going to hate on it. I watched uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, a couple of those episodes, because you guys talked about it last week. Yeah, mm. fun times. No no worries. Uh, and I finished The Boys, which was, um, oh, which was cool. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to season three. Jeff, what'd you watch? Nice. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, liking it, liking it a lot. Good stuff. Uh, I tried watching Seaspiracy. Um, it's fucked up. I'm going to go ahead and spoil a little bit for you. I don't know if you knew this, but the tuna industry may or may not be murdering dolphins so that they don't eat their tuna. <laughs> it's so wow. fucked up, man. <laughs> and of course, all the global warming implications. The ocean has the keys to trapping carbon people. Uh, and then um, RuPaul season 13, not the best season. Candy, hanging on. You got to go soon, though, bro. It's next week's your, your week. You got to go. Thank you, Dave, um, for bagging out RuPaul. <laughs> why, do you always, yeah, yeah. why the fuck do you always buzz that, man? These are popular shows. Okay. No, you, you said it wasn't the best season. And then mm-hmm. I'm defending right. RuPaul. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Good. You got me. You got me good. And then um, uh, SAG Awards. SAG Awards happened last SAG week, Awards. this past Sunday. So um, the SAG, all of the guilds are the usually the best indicator for Oscars. So not to spoil what could come for the Oscars, but big takeaways here from the Screen Actors Guild Award, especially in the movie division, which is our account, so to speak. All four winners were non-white. You have Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom in the leading mm. categories. You have Daniel Kaluuya is basically doing a clean sweep for Judas and the Black Messiah. And then you have Minari, who I probably should have looked her name up. I really don't want to mess it up. But she, the, the lady who played the grandma in Minari, who is insanely amazing. She's my choice in that category. She won. She was so grateful to win. It was awesome. So those are your four winners. Is that going to be the Oscars? Not necessarily because Sag Andrew is a Day. a predictor, though. Andrew Day was not nominated for a SAG ah, for some reason. I don't know. If it's all, I don't know if it's because all of the movies came out late, so that maybe some people saw that it was two and a half hours and Billie Holiday, and maybe they didn't know who Andrew Day was. But she was not nominated for a SAG, so she won the Golden Globe. Viola Davis won the SAG that Andrew Day wasn't nominated for. So I, I think it's fair to say that it's a two woman race for that category. Mm. Um, and is Chadwick the front runner for male? Probably. And then I think the supporting category is, you know, we'll see. But that's it. Let's move on. I mean, we are segment. we are doing a special pick show, so we're yeah, we'll get there. We'll get picking. The, yeah, we'll get there with our picks soon. But let's get into our featured segment. So our second film, which we'll be talking about in a little bit, is going to be The Father, which is the most touching and moving horror film of all time. Mm-hmm. It is 
it a horror film? I'm so sorry. I didn't I didn't know if it was a horror film or not. Is it dementia? Is it Alzheimer's? Is it is everybody messing with them? Is Anthony Hopkins as good as he was in Silence of the Lambs? Shout out to Olivia Coleman as well. This this is this was something. We'll talk about it soon, people. But first, that was the beer I didn't drink a second ago. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about news of the world, which is our annual reminder that Tom Hanks has a degree in history. Mm, <laughs> come on. I didn't open this one yet. <laughs> I just, Every year we, I hear, dude, I was like, well, Tom we, Hanks is a history degree. We used an entire like, beer yeah, on our intros. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Tom Hanks has been proving to us that he has a history degree. For He has more movies about something historical than Stephen King has scary books about Maine. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> That's a fair our call. Two, <laughs> our two films are nominated for 10 Oscars. Our first film that we're going to talk about right now is News of the World. It is nominated for four. Really surprised me. I did not see this coming when we made our list of Oscar films to watch. Um, here is the plot, people. This is a Paul Greengrass film. You may know him from Captain Phillips and a whole bunch of Bourne movies, as well as a couple others. This movie is about a Civil War veteran named Tom Hanks. He never has other character names. Let's be real. Like, his name is Tom Hanks. A Civil mm. War... Fuck. He had a cool okay, name. Forrest I Gump liked it. Well. Kid, Captain, Kid. I thought his name was... I liked that name. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Captain Jefferson Kyle Kid. That's sure. pretty cool. A Civil War... A Civil War veteran agrees to deliver a girl. I don't think they thought through that synopsis. Um, let's go ahead and say a Civil War veteran named Tom Hanks agrees to transport... A girl taken by the still Kiowa not good if you're people. in Florida. <laughs> taken by a mm. Kiowa. Is, yeah, that a Gates, is that a gate step? <laughs> guys, <I'm> in it. <laughs> fuck that guy. Guys, yeah. Fuck that guys, guy. <laughs> Jeff, what are you saying? What are you saying, Jeff? You know, I was complaining about the intro, but I will third fuck Matt Gates yeah. and also fuck their governor, Ray. Ray. Yeah. Um, Ro- Santos. DeSantis. Pay for playing piece of shit. Okay. Yep, yep. A Civil War veteran named Tom Hanks agrees to, to transport a girl taken by the Kiowa people in Texas years after the Civil War, about five years after the Civil War, to her aunt and uncle <laughs> against her will. She is not happy about this. Mm. They travel hundreds of miles across Texas and face grave diggers and some other sketchier people they could have thrown in this intro as they search for a place that either of them can call home longer synopsis is that tom hanks who again was a captain in the civil war it was actually his third war that he was a veteran of so he's tired of fighting he travels from town to town and he gives people the news as he likes to tell us over and over again in this movie so he takes the washington post and all of the other papers of the time and he reads the highlights of the articles and he goes town to town and he tells them stories he's a storyteller he's a storyteller um so that's Tom Hanks' job in News of the World, directed by Paul Greengrass, based on the book by Paulette Giles. It is available to rent on Apple TV+. What did you guys think of the film? Dave, why don't you kick us off and let's talk about what's right about this movie, which is all their under-the-line, below-the-line um award nominations is technical stuff when we say above the line it's usually the names you've heard of the actors the the director screenwriter and then below the line are usually the technical awards that's what these four awards got nominated for and they did have some pretty fantastic achievements in that department paul greengrass is no stranger to approaching technical achievements so dave why don't you chit chat about that for a second because you blew my mind with that thing you sent us 
There are some amazing visual effects in this first start that you don't even see. Yeah. Half the half the towns he walks into don't exist. Yeah. Um, like or at least in the in the form you see them in, they, they've had extensions added to them digitally and Acting. it's all been like composited. Yeah. And <laughs> and like there was one shot where I was like, it's a drone shot that comes in over the town. There's like a herd of like bison coming in. It's like, it looks. I was like, fuck, that's a good shot. And then I I saw the the effects real, and none of it's real. None like there's the, half the <laughs> half the town is there, and that's that's it. The rest of it is all CG. Like they've done a drone shot of the town and added all these elements. And I'm like, that's fucking phenomenal. That's what film's all about. It's a collaboration mm-hmm. between visual effects to create an environment we just can't get anymore. And like for me, not only that. I really enjoyed this. I mean, they shot it on an Ariel F. Of course they did because they're outdoors and it's like they went, hey, fellas, we've got the Ariel F. Let's shoot as many fucking sunsets and sunrises as we can. <laughs> but holy hell, does it look good? Does look good? They, like it, yeah. I, I do want to point out, I, th- I do think this is interesting that they did not get, they got a production design nomination, not effects, which I thought was interesting because I think that you know, it's still it's still a little uh, annoying with the Academy Awards because right now you're still allowed to vote across departments. Mm. So there are people who right until you get to the short list, right? No, 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 no. Until no, you no. get to I the mean, short list, or only, is it the only award you can vote for everything is Best Picture? But no, is okay. it is it just a case of they went, hey, those those towns were amazingly designed. Let's vote them for Best Production Design. And That's like, what I'm saying. Uh, actually, yeah. it was special of yeah, honestly, it kind we're of feels that way. We're getting a nomination. Yeah, and, and like, where, where is the line yeah. there? Because I'm sure production design is working, you know, and directors and production designers oh, yeah. are working I mean, with production, video effects. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Production design tells those guys what to make. Like, they right. get the the storyboards and they get the concept art and all that sort of thing. So it te- technically is still production design. So it's yeah. de- it's a deserved Oscar Absolutely. Nomination. The lines are getting blurred. Um, okay, why'd you, uh, so why did you enjoy the movie so much? What did you like about it? You said you liked the way it was shot. But, like, what did you like about I liked the way it was shot. Um, Like, the the... The, the large frame, the uh, Ari large frame makes like the exteriors just look huge and your subject look t- tiny, which is great for the, it really lends itself to this sort of film. Yeah. Um, I, lo- I like, I mean, I was like, is Tom Hanks going to bring it? Of course, Tom Hanks is going to bring it. He did a great job. He like, he endears himself to the audience right at the very beginning. He has, he's mastered the art of that pause for thought for about five seconds, and then speak. Yeah. Shot. The better it's thinking yeah. actors of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's this the thing I love the most about this, and I'm a big fan of this particular method, is the show don't tell. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what film is for. Show don't tell. And like there is a lot of instances where there's some, something subtle happening in the frame that's contributing to the story. Or in the case of like they what I think is one of the most respectful mentions of Native Americans in a Western film I think I've ever seen where he, he mentions that, yeah, we're, they're, they're killing us because we're trying to take their land and we're killing them to take their land. At some point we should stop fighting. And then the only other time you see Native Americans, they're helping them and then they just move on. Like they give them a horse and, and then they move on. It's like they didn't portray them as a stereotypical like savages that a lot of Western films do. And it's not, yeah, it's they not also they didn't were. portray the Confederate captain as the savage that he probably was too. This is the most anti-racist Confederate war captain of all time. I don't know. That guy that took over that town was pretty. Uh... No, that guy was Tom Hanks was surprisingly. Well, yeah. He surprisingly he, I mean, cool but again, he's, he's, fought, in, in he's wars, fought in three wars. He's fought in three wars, dude. That, le- that levels you out a little. 
But I, I like I like how there's a couple of things like they made the choice to make the cameras rough when they're on the carts. Like when you're when there's like there's times for the smooth shots, but when you're on the cart, you're on the cart with them. The camera is a a, a character almost. It's it's part of the scene. So like you're getting the motion of being on the carts, that sort of thing. Um there's a, a couple of lines that my favorite I'll bring up later. Uh but things like with the show don't tell, like the, the the non-use of dialogue, there's two big examples. There was like that when she opens the locket and he says, That's my wife, she's down in San Antonio. Then gets up and leaves. No explanation. You don't get that for another half an hour. And then you don't get the resolve of that till the end of the film. But the biggest one is when uh he takes the little girl and they end up at the house where she was taken. And she walks into the house and, and uncle, yeah. the house is a little, it's a little scattered and there's like dark stains on the wall that might be blood. They might not, but there's also arrows in the wall, but you can only see them in like, you can see a shadow through a curtain or you like, there's just one arrow dirtying up the front of a frame out of focus. And it's, it's that kind of really subtle filmmaking that it just fucking resonated with me. I actually love this film a lot. Nice, and, oh shit! Oh, look at you, my fucking fucking. Oh, my gosh, get in the gosh. Gushes <laughs> up there. I, I did. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Like it was. I did not feel like I was watching a two-hour movie. I don't think I could. I don't think I could say I reacted with the same positivity. There was no negativity. I just remember feeling like this was a uh, this was watchable. I'm not sure if if anyone would have seen this movie if Tom Hanks wasn't the lead in it. I just don't know if it was. This one thing that was well, kind of an, could have gotten somebody else, but you this know, is yeah, one thing that was kind of annoying that I couldn't I, I couldn't help but be a little mindful of was that I knew what this story was about because I don't know if anyone recalls, but they actually started releasing trailers for this last year. So this was kind of a an anticipated film in terms of mm. marketing. And so I remember seeing trailers for this and like, oh, OK, that'll come out at some point in 2020 and we'll get to see a Paul Greengrass movie starring Tom Hanks. That'll be fun. Uh, so I knew what the story is about, the girl being, you know, transported. What does that make me think of? You know, True Grit. Can't help but think of it. We've seen, you know, two adaptations of that film. I really love the Coen Brothers. I like the John Ford one a lot, too. So I was I was really hopeful. So maybe this is on me. Maybe this is me. But I can't, I went into this thinking, look, Tom Hanks is the history major. He doesn't take projects that don't have something to do with, you know, the journalistic approach and history and stuff. And Paul Greengrass is other than his action movies, that guy is a very socially conscious, journalistically conscious auteur. He has, a lot of his movies have something to do with what is happening in the world from a journalistic perspective. So I was really hopeful that that part of Tom Hanks's character was going to introduce a lot of obstacles, it, that it wasn't just going to be, or mostly going to be about him transporting the girl. And I think it ended up mostly being that. So I think I was just a little bit let down personally because I thought there's one scene in the middle of this movie where he goes to a a wild and rowdy county in southwest Texas where they don't fuck around and they're bad and they're making hides. And he has some conflict that arises from him choosing not to read the local paper. But that's it. Other than that, I was really hoping that the news he was reading five years after the fucking Civil War ends in Texas, where they still had not actually acknowledged uh, emancipation, I thought there was going to be way more that was going to infuse the the you know the problem of how do I get this girl across and how do we not get killed because I'm pissing everybody off that I read the news to, and it just it, it kind of felt like they just didn't touch that at all. 
So again, maybe that's just me. And maybe I, I thought mm. it was going to be something a little bit different than it was. Uh, it's beautifully shot. The acting is on point. The girl kind of annoyed the shit out of me. And I will just say this. I, I thought it was a little inconsistent. <laughs> anyway, she's like 11 years old, man. The character, not the <laughs> actor. The character, not the actor. I was, I say, I will say I thought it was a little inconsistent that in the script, whenever they commented on Native Americans and like those scenes that J- Dave referenced, they did have a tremendous amount of respect. But this young girl who's not fucking four years old, she's like 10, 11, 12 years old. She acted like an animal. And I don't think that was a actual, I don't thought, I didn't think that was a consistent, respectful reflection of the people she was being raised by, which was a tribe of Kiowa Native Americans. So I thought that that was strange that they kept, they would not let it go too. It was, it was something they kept coming back to was how she ate, how she did everything like kind of in a crass way. She was very not, you know, not well behaved. And I just, I wasn't quite sure if that was some like inconsistent kind of commentary on, on the Native American thing. I just felt like it wasn't clean and i wasn't sure because again because i thought these are really serious filmmakers all these details matter i was trying to take everything that i could and i felt like there were a few inconsistencies however that being said i have been waiting tom hanks's entire career to see him do a western paul greengrass hasn't done a western before i like it when tom hanks tries to play against his type because he so often you know doesn't play a rough rider kind of guy you know he did it in road to perdition and i don't think it worked I don't know if it worked really well. I, I like that movie a lot. So I was excited to see him take his countenance that we love so much, the good guy trying to do the right thing in a bad world, into the Western genre. So I appreciated his performance in it. And you're right, Dave, it was, it was fucking beautifully shot. One image I can't get out of my head is that when they first, when he first decides to, to help her get a, uh, to take her, and he says, I'll take her. And they're in the uh, carriage, and it's a shot from behind, and it's just this beautiful sunset coming in like off the right side of the frame. And there's like a Creek or a river next to them. And it just looked like fucking Oregon trail shot the most beautiful, the most beautiful way you could possibly think of. So I I don't know. I did appreciate that, but I wanted a little more drama from being honest. It it felt a little Mm. safe to me. I wanted to talk about the shot of the, the running river where he says, we've got a long way to go. I think so. Right at the beginning. Because That that river also wasn't real. I'm sure none of it was fucking real. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Dave, I mean, Jeff, what do you nice. think? Do you think I'm, who's? John, you still have an outstanding drink buzzer too. Oh, good. I'm drinking. <laughs> he, he monitors. Uh, I think I I think I, I agree with both of you. I, I probably am leaning more towards John, but I'm going to keep it positive here because this is, it's just, a, it's just a fun fucking Tom Hanks movie and it's a cool role to see and the parallels to real time are there or not if you want them. You know, the irony of seeing these people react poorly when he mentions Abraham Lincoln's name. And then you also see them loving the Confederacy. It's really funny to 2020, 2021 politics that I would say with Paul Greengrass and Tom Hanks, you can't deny. But then again, if you don't want it, if you have, if you did not see John's QAnon conspiracy uh, documentary, because it's (laughs) about you, you probably would watch this movie and not make that reference. You probably just agree with everybody. And so there's a little bit, it's cool. It's agree with everybody. Um, I kind of agree about Tom Hanks and that I like him doing this and playing against type. Having said that he was way too smart. He was way too quick witted. He was way too articulate. He was not dirty and or grungy enough. And so he probably could have gone farther. They could have just made him an alcoholic and pulled a Ben Affleck thing or something to do that. But Mm, (laughs) that's for mentioning Ben Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know what I mean? <laughs> he he, he kind of sounds like he has like a modern Ivy League education. Like I, I was actually, I, I was thinking for a second that he, he was actually um, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. It's a Mark Twain book where somebody goes back in time and they're way too smart and witty for their time. I kind of thought that a little bit with Tom Hanks here. It was just, it was just too, it was too clear and too clever. Like our boy Daniel, I know there's a Daniel alarm in there somewhere. He never would have been, even if the character was smart, he never would have been that quick-witted um as, as tom hanks was in this movie but tom hanks is a nine out of ten in this movie sorry like he, he, i just he want to clarify are you so saying great. tom hanks as the actor performing or are yes. you saying the role oh the actor for I, he could play these words all he wants but he was so like he's speaking with the distinction that i'm speaking today there's no way that in 1870 that they, they spoke that clearly for instance um there's no way he would have been dirtied up. He would have been rougher. He would have been more relatable. He was not relatable to these. I mean, I guess they did play with that a little bit, but whatever. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, I said I was going to start with positive and this is good. My only negative is that I saw this during the day and those night scenes are so dark. I couldn't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, just... that's, that's actually one thing I recommend seeing this in a theater if you can, because the shots not only would go from great to epic, but also there are some shots where you, they're designed for a darkened room. I yeah. mean, there are times where you can only see a half a face and then mm. like a pen. And so when I'm watching it at three in the afternoon, <laughs> I can't see a fucking thing on the yeah. screen. So maybe that's a little bit on me. But then again, I rented six dollars and nowhere did it say, are you sure you don't want to wait until sundown? So fuck you, Apple Plus um, <laughs> or Apple TV. Plus. Apple Plus um, cares no, not for your time zone. To, to, to what John was saying about the drama, I think I agree in that the through line wasn't very dramatic. I, I mentioned Mother Courage for a different movie, a different mm. part in this, which is a Brechtian play, German, long, it's a very old play, where there's no real plot other than her life sucks and she's basically a gypsy woman just traveling around trying to sell shit and like that's the whole story. And that is this movie. And so to, they, they basically try to have these moments. And so the, the child prostitution gang that comes after the girl, that's three guys in the thing, Pretty fun. My mom liked it. Uh, I believe her comment was, I wish Tom Hanks was a little bit more. <laughs> Wait, what are we buzzing? That's, no, I'm buzzing because I like there was so much wrong fun. with what you just said. Pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> mom <levels>. liked it. <laughs> okay, I, I see what you're saying. Mom, I didn't mean to do you like that. I, I, I meant to say like it was action and it was in the the you're in a desert so they put it up in these like rocky cliffs and um you know it was it was like action and it was it was finally mm. like a real conflict where it's like gee if this doesn't work out which spoiler it, it's it's gonna work out but if this doesn't work out like oh my god what's gonna happen so we had like a little bit of conflict but yeah there wasn't really that through line and if that's the point if there's not going to be a through line and it really is this time-consuming long journey movie like mm. a mother courage would be that they didn't play the movie to that, if that makes sense. Having mm. said that, who gives a shit? Most people who want to watch a Tom what, Hanks historical piece don't give a shit about any of this. So it doesn't matter. Think, this movie was great think, for all of those people. What did you think of the scene where he pisses off the wizards and they send the dust storm from Mad Max to kill him? Yeah, and then yeah. no, I love that. And then of course the Native Americans appearing out of nowhere. It's a little unrealistic, but when you're watching a movie like this, it's fun and you're waiting for something like that to happen. The dust storm happens and you're like, it's, okay, it's great. It's funny, but those weather events are the only time you see them. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, I, and there's cool implications there that they're kind of like, they can't be out in public. Like they, they have to mm. sort of hide because these people in Texas don't care about them as normal people. Like they don't see them on the same level, no matter how uneducated and raucous they are. And they lost the war. <laughs> By the way, they, I don't know. Some people out there today might want a reminder. We, we just as a reminder. They lost Dude, the yeah. war. Yeah. Some people haven't got it yet. You're supposed to break it to them easy. Mm -hmm. anyway this is a, this is a this is a fine film 
This is a fun film. It's entertaining. It was shot well. The score is nominated for an Oscar. It's 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 great. The cinematography is nominated for an Oscar. It's great. It's yeah. fine film. Is it worth six dollars? Maybe depending on what you're up to. It's what it's a new movie that's that stars Tom Hanks. Go I will say it. that I do think there is something to be said about you know, like we said, it only it has these nominations below the line, so it does kind of make you wonder, like. No one above the line is getting a nomination. So I do think this is also kind of a lesson for pretty much everyone involved here has gotten nominations for above the line things in their career in other in other films. So I don't know. I do feel like I, I'm vindicated in saying. Unfortunately, if your story and your and the thing that most people are paying attention to when they're watching a movie isn't the the main thing that they're focusing on, the average person isn't going to notice any of these things that it's being noticed for you know, that is getting a nods from yeah. the Academy. So unfortunately, I, I do think that it's uh, it's just it's just not good enough. I mean, I just, I just want to know why visual effects and cinematography is referred to as below the line. Well, what kind of elitist of, bullshit is that? Yeah, I think cinematography <laughs> well, they, is above the line, actually. I think, isn't that? And, and uh, Darius, uh, I forget his last name, Darius... Darius Wolski has done a, he did the Martian. He didn't get nominated. He's done other Ridley Scott movies like Prometheus didn't get nominated. So it's good for him that he got nominated and such. Mm. And maybe he should be above the line, but you can't sit there and say Darius Wolski got nominated and people go, Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So that's probably, it's, he's a cusper, I would guess a cusper. Yeah. I guess you know what I'm saying? The point I was making shot really well. I'm the actors, the most high filmmaking. Yeah. And, and me too. Should we keep talking at the same time? I'm happy yeah, that it's get, accessible. Blah, 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 blah. Most people watch <laughs> movies. The average person that watches movies is watching it for actors. That's the most reason that people will go see a movie is because they recognize an actor and they trust the movies they choose to make and stuff like that. And then I think people think a movie is good or not. If they, the average person will walk away and say, oh, they were really good in it, but I didn't like the movie. Or they'll say the movie was good, which means they like the actor and they like the movie, which really means I like the story and I thought they performed it well. Yeah. So... I think Maybe escapism, this... escapism too. They want to travel to a different time and place. They got to. It's not the. It's not the old like saloon, like like double door swinging westerns. But you do get to see some of the people and some of the towns and what it looked like then. So to take you out of your reality and to put you there, I think all of the production design did a fantastic job capturing that moment for people. Yeah. And Tom Hanks was your surrogate to take you from town to town to kind of <clears throat> show you a little bit of what Texas was like when they were as racist as they are today. <laughs> that was buzzing texas by the way no, no i was Sorry, i was, I, was like, buzzing. I was i ruin I, the bipartisan nature of this podcast I, I i pretty i pretty much just buzzed you in case anyone from texas is listening right now so they could listen next week but yeah. come at us texas come and get it yeah Isn't that what you guys say come, come and like, get it i would love i would love to have a discussion with texas wear a mask texas i have questions I've been texas. There a couple times texas is great I have good food. All right, I think we've said Very everything spicy. we need to say. Pretty good film. I don't think it's a great film. Dave thought it was a great film. Jeff wasn't clear. Let's mm. move on to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's Did I tell? I didn't tell the line. That's for you, motherfucker. Honestly, it's 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 a good film. Put it on your Tom Hanks list of all the Tom Hanks movies. That it's in your Tom Hanks queue. He has his own queue. Add it to the queue. If you haven't seen. 
uh, the Sally Salaberger one, and you're between that one and this one. That's a worthwhile <laughs> conversation. I would love to be a part of your decision-making process. All right, people, four Oscar nominations for News of the World. We have to take a quick break to pee and freshen up, and then we are going to get into our second Oscar film, which is nominated for six Oscars. That is The Father. Who's the father? Anthony fucking Hopkins is the father, people. We will see you oh soon, God. film fans. Texas! We're back. We are back. We're back, baby. Oh my gosh, people. <laughs> that was our conversation of News of the World, starring Tom Hanks, history major, degree in history, can Tom I, Hanks. Also, can I just also say, like, I, from what we've watched this so far this year, uh, I think the MVPs are the kids. John, to be honest. Really? Do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> like, the girl, the girl was good. Um, she bought, she pulled out a great performance for me. And then yeah. like we had the kid in Minari. Kids. And kids in Minari. Yeah. Yeah. Kids in Minari. Yeah. And like the MVPs this this Oscar season have been the kids. Are you talking about music? Is that the one you're talking about? No, that- I am not talking about <laughs> right. music. Can Fuck we- music. <laughs> Can we uh, can we go ahead and get back to our uh, segment here on The Father People, which is nominated for six Academy Awards. That is right. Six Academy Awards. The Father, which is based on the play by Florian Zeller. No. Co-written mm. by Florian Zeller and Christopher mm. Hampton, who looks like John Voight grew his hair out to look like Barry Gibbs. And it is directed <laughs> by Florian Zeller. So the playwright co-adapted, co-adapted the screenplay, wrote the film, and then he is director here, Florian Zeller. It stars Anthony Hopkins as, let's just call him the father. The father's name is Anthony. Oh my God, Anthony Hopkins' name is Anthony. That's right. The part was written for him. And yes. Olivia Coleman plays his daughter, we think. Do we know that it's his daughter? Let's just go ahead and say it's his daughter, Olivia Coleman, also nominated for an Oscar. Yes. Also nominated for an Oscar. And then shout out to Mark Gaddis, who you may know if you're a fan of Sherlock, Doctor Who, and others. Olivia Williams, mm. shout out. And Imogen Poots and Rufus Sewell come in to round out the cast. That's the whole cast, by the way. It's like a boy yeah. that chases a bag, and that's it. So Dude, this movie, seriously, the, the amount of studio logos at the front of this film outnumber the cast. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> this movie, here's the, here's the, the pitch here. Um, a man named Anthony Hopkins refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages. As he tries to make sense of his changing circumstances, he begins to doubt his loved ones, his own mind, and even the fabric of his reality. And I think that actually pretty well sums up this film. So the more extensive plot is Anthony Hopkins... Again, this is based on a play, which, by the way, I saw the play on Broadway. It did not star Anthony Hopkins. So I have a nice comparative going here. A lot of the dialogue is very faithfully adapted because it all came back to me as soon as I heard it here. Um, Anthony Hopkins is losing his mind a little bit. Is it is it his age? You know, Alzheimer's, dementia. Is it his family that's sort of encouraging him to think he's losing his mind so that they can put him into a nursing home? Right. So it's from Anthony Hopkins point of view, though. So you start to see the spiral happen at the end of life when you can't put your thoughts and your memories together. That's basically what's going on here. But the the setting is awesome because 
you have Olivia Coleman's apartment. He, Anthony Hopkins' character, moves in with Olivia Coleman. But you also sort of see his apartment. These are flats because they're in London. And so the set changes when he thinks he's in one spot. But is it Olivia Coleman's apartment, but the plants are there? Or is it Anthony Hopkins' apartment's? Because the plants aren't there, but it's just in his head. So maybe it's actually in Olivia Coleman's apartment. Or was he ever in an apartment at all? Exactly. So that's basically what's going on in this film. It's only 90 minutes. This is available for rent at a pretty high price right now at $20 as of April 6th. It might go down by the time you hear this podcast. It is fantastic. It is about 90 minutes. I think I already said that. So let's just, because it's a little confusing to top like what the plot is, I think you get the picture who wants to take it away with their initial thoughts? I mean, I'm glad you called this a horror movie kind of jokingly at the beginning, because I think that's exactly what this is. It's a, it's an emotional horror movie that ends up having a different kind of catharsis than maybe a typical horror movie, but the elements of how to manipulate whoever, whatever your protagonist, whoever has the point of view is, uh, it was used brilliantly. Uh, probably better than I think a lot of horror movies because I think a lot of horror movie filmmakers probably don't have enough respect for their audiences to 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 try to challenge them as much as this film does. I was I was legitimately confused when they started playing with me, and I loved it because uh, I knew I wasn't you know I felt like I was in good hands. It's very seems like a play intellectual kind of production here. I, I knew I just needed to keep going. I am so glad that this got a another. Uh, we talked about news of the world. This also got best achievement in production design because it's the same fucking set that is used in a lot of really interesting ways, and it is probably my favorite character in the film <laughs> is the set and the way mm-hmm. that he, as a director, we have talked multiple times out of the. This is what a year of play adaptations. Too many. Probably too many play adaptations for for one Oscar year, but there have been a, a lot of play adaptations. I thought this one was I mean, done. Plays have lower costs, so you. I guess so. Like, smaller people, COVID. I don't know when yeah. these things were made, but uh, I thought this one was. I thought Florian Zeller, production designer, everyone involved, figured out a way to utilize film and editing. It got an editing nomination as well uh, to to heighten what was happening with the way Anthony Hopkins as the protagonist perceived his physical reality, which was terrifying. <laughs> like, I think a lot of times when people try to capture dementia, Alzheimer's, that that kind of experience, especially on film, you end up, you end up pointing a camera at someone who doesn't understand where they are. This film... Yeah, it's you. always it's a, they're the subjects. You know what I mean? It's always from somebody else's point of view. Yeah, exactly. And they're always assumed this movie, to be crazy. This movie does not do that. That's why I think it succeeds so well. It puts you in his shoes, and it makes you stumble along with him, because even like as Dave said, even by the end of this, we're not. I don't know if we can be a hundred percent sure about anything that we saw, which is fucking terrifying. Which is why, spoiler alert, I think Jeff made a comment a few weeks ago about how. Anthony Hopkins last scene is some people are saying that's why he got the nomination. The catharsis thing I was talking about the final scene, the emotional place that it goes to away from the horror into this, this desperation, this, this childlike desperation without literally giving away any of the lines is, is very difficult to watch, but also a hundred percent real and sincere. I think Anthony Hopkins 
gave a goddamn masterclass in in how in acting once too. again not just because he was handed a bunch of play monologues but the way he handled all of the stuff that we were talking about before most of the movie where he's not quite sure and he's questioning his own sanity there's a humility to him there's a he often is doesn't have the he doesn't go big with the you know the way some people might try to chew up the scenery and and make it about them gosh I guess I'm I'll, I'll, I'll come in on that really quick because I didn't know if we'd get to... You're not to, wrong, we're guessing. Yeah. I didn't know if we'd get to Hopkins right off the bat, but just to patch the torch. Um, I saw this on Broadway with Frank Langella uh, in that role, and Frank Langella Ooh. is obviously awesome. He's obviously awesome. And so I spent a lot of this movie, well, not a lot thinking about it. Actually, if we didn't pause hmm. the movie to get dessert, because this is what happens when you watch at home, I forgot the ending, which I did talk about it a couple weeks ago, because when we said, The Father, I remember this play, it ended blah. Um... I forgot about the ending. And then once we paused it, then I remembered it now that I had this context, because this movie takes you on a journey. And there's something that Anthony, I was, I was th- sitting there and going, why Frank Langella, could he have just done this too? And and the answer is probably yes, because I'm, I'm very pro actor. So like, could Frank Langella is brilliant. He's four Tonys. He won a Tony for this. So why couldn't he have done this on film? He's obviously a great film mm-hmm. actor. He just did. Um, he, I, I'm surprised he wasn't nominated for an Oscar for <laughs> Trial of the Chicago 7, which he was nominated for other awards for, for being the judge. Anthony Hopkins yeah. has this sweetness about his face. And there's something about him, <clears throat> especially on film, where it honestly looks like he just woke up and said, what are my lines? And just did it like he didn't do any work because there's no pushing. There's no playing, like playing as in like playing to the audience. It all seems so second nature to him that it doesn't even seem like it's work it doesn't seem like he's doing a job it doesn't seem like he's fulfilling a task it's so naturalistic but the detail is so ridiculous that there are times as john said like he's confused so therefore the audience is confused there are times where he chooses to not be confused because he's tired of being confused and i am the audience as the audience go along with it and i'm like good everything's fine even though I know that he isn't sure of the circumstances, he is just sitting there going, oh, yes, I know exactly what's going on. You're right. Sorry about that. And then all of a sudden the audience were like, great. And we move on with their lives, even though we know deep down he doesn't know what's going on. And so it is It is like th- this movie, there are so many great things about this movie. Obviously, the production design, all of the other nominations. The truth is you are in his hands this whole movie. They are soft, delicate, gentle hands. Yes, this is Hannibal Lecter we're talking about. And sometimes he gets a little gritty and he gets a little fucked up and a little angry and a little frustrated. But you're always being cradled by him the entire way that, again, watching this movie, I forgot that I knew the ending. I forgot. And I think it's 100%, not because everybody else wasn't as good as him, but because he does something that you can't teach in, in film school. You you spend a, a career, a life trying to teach kids to do what Anthony Hopkins does as second nature. It's also That's very, it's also, sorry, Dave, I want to ask you a question after this, but yeah, sure. Just to, just to heighten the Anthony Hopkins <clears throat> thing. It, you're right. Frank, Frank Langella or another actor of a certain age could have, could have rocked this, but how brilliant is the casting? You know, you hear a director say all the time, 95% of your work in your film is done after you cast it correctly. You know, you're going to, and that they don't just mean acting. They mean you're surrounding yourself with the right people that are going to bring a story to life. Anthony Hopkins has had a career of playing roles that most of us keep at a distance. It's not just antagonistic. It's not just Hannibal Lecter, but the guy in Amistad, you know, like a lot of his famous roles, he's been away from us. We're not usually in his his uh, warm embrace of a point of view. 
So I also thought from a casting perspective, that was fucking brilliant because I was keeping him at a distance and it made me struggle even more with the horror of what was happening to him. And we, I felt like very organically, by the time we got to the ending, I was as sad for him as, as I needed to be. And I was as scared for him as I needed to be, uh, which was a bit of a journey for me to get to. I wasn't there with him the entire time from the get-go as if they had cast somebody like, I don't know, like Michael Caine or someone who's a lot more approachable and accessible as an actor in a protagonistic kind of role. So I thought that was uh, also just from a casting perspective, that was brilliant. Um, Olivia Coleman is the lead actor, not a supporting actor, category fraud. Dave, what did you think of the... Uh... <laughs> I, I might, I actually might not agree with you and I'm the category fraud expert here, but because she splits time, even just slightly, I think they get away with it. That's what I think. I, I don't know. No, I was, no was going to question Dave. that one, like yeah, as well. Because no, I think it's horseshit. It's, but... she... Dave, okay, did you I like mean... it, dude? What did you did you enjoy this as much as News of the World, or did it was it like totally? Different I'm gonna I'm gonna read my notes out in order here because I I made some notes and uh, this got uh, six X's. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> this my first note was okay. This is another case of shooting a play like a play because there are some absolute fucking proscenium shots at the beginning of this where they just leave the camera and let them wander in it and the camera's just static and i got the sense that they were kind of learning cinematography as they went uh through this but it was it was almost like they started far off and came in it did feel intentional I did, but i agree with you it did I, was a little I mean that, at that the took beginning. that took me out a little bit at the beginning i can tell anyone who picks this up like who does read this um it had lost me by 13 minutes in. And it had me back at 17. Mm. So just stick with it because you're like, there's what's happening and there's these weird the, shots. Was that when Mark Addison, like that. the woman, came in? And yeah, it, well, it, it was, yeah, about then. But it was like, this is weird and I don't know where this is going. I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then all of a sudden, it just draws you back in. Uh, I didn't actually feel like Anthony Hopkins' performance had me. Like at first I was like, where is this Oscar nomination coming from? And then the moment on the couch after he's had that the incident where the guy slaps him and you don't know, like it, it cuts between the two characters. So it's like completely disorienting. And yeah. like it's one guy and then it's another guy. And did that guy slap him or didn't he? Did he imagine it or not? But he just sits down on the couch and bursts into tears twice. And I was like, yep, you got me. Right there. Yeah. Right there he had me. It was like that. That is exactly like the situation. It's like, you don't know if it's real. He doesn't know if it's real. He's confused as fuck and he's just burst into tears because he's completely vulnerable. And then you get to obviously the scene that Jeff mentioned and it was like, holy fuck, dude. Like I that broke my heart. And yeah. I have like this icy cold fucking thing living in the middle of my chest. And it was like, that like it was like yeah there he is yeah so sad there he is and he, so he like he was mean he was on there, there's even like I, I there was a couple of like some of the dialogue really shat me to tears but uh, i'm sorry but, did you say <laughs> i'm from america did you say it shat you to tears it did it did okay uh, it Pissed me off, Jeff. <laughs> pissed you uh, off okay. from a from a dialogue standpoint, or you just didn't care for what they were it was, saying? I, I didn't. I didn't like all the ums and ahs and everything at the beginning. It was almost like he hadn't quite found his character yet. He was like, like the, the for me, it was everything at the beginning is back here. 
I, I do agree with you, dude. To, I wasn't then you get to sure. the end of act. You get to the end of act one, which is obviously like. Correct me if I'm wrong. Act one is when the guy first goes. When are you going to stop pissing around and ruining people's lives? I think so. I Hanging can't on people's tits yeah. or whatever the line is. Yeah, yeah. And because uh, that's when, because that's when you realize right. that. That that's when you start to question whether or not everybody's doing this on purpose. Yeah, and like when it comes back for Act Two, everything starts to shift, and it's a whole different thing. And from that point on, it's a beautiful film. But at the beginning, it's like I, at the beginning you get the dis- disorientation and everything that it's yeah. there. Um, but I feel like his his like his powerhouse performance doesn't kick into Act Two, but it's worth the fucking wait. Yeah. yeah, it's just very naturalistic. It's very, very natural. Yeah, and, and Olivia Colman. Sorry, go ahead. My favorite line is not even by a major cast member. She's like, when when the the girl that comes in to be the minder and he gets yeah. the whiskey, it's like it'll be all right. Do you think? Chugs whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's my favorite sequence that's, in the whole film. She's that's... like. That's Imogen Poots. There was one yeah. questionable moment that stuck out with Imogen Poots, which I don't blame her as an actress. It's definitely a filmmaker thing because they punched in, which is he f- he forgets a member of his family, which, by the way, anybody, again, I don't know, is it Alzheimer's? Is it dementia? That's not my, that's not my account. But if you're going to be a caretaker of somebody in this world and they forget a family member, you probably shouldn't be surprised. You know what I mean? And she was like, oh, my God, you you don't remember. And it's like, you know what you're getting into. Like, you probably shouldn't be surprised by that. Having said that, it's from his point of view, Anthony Hopkins. So I think they get away mm. with it. But I well, really no, I love- was I was waiting for when they revealed what happened. Yeah, me too. But and we all like, were. We all were at yeah. home, but we didn't need a surrogate in the, the movie. So that's like one tiny no, misstep. That, 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 actually, that actually happens that like when you have dementia, I, you substitute family members for other people. They, what I'm saying is yeah. the, the caretakers of people with dementia wouldn't be surprised that you did that. That's what I'm saying. Like Imogen yes. Poots goes, oh my gosh, I, I thought you knew. No, he has fucking dementia or Alzheimer's or both. So he doesn't know. But having mm-hmm. said that, that was like, that was is one real? of the only, exactly. And it's from his point of view. <laughs> and I think yeah. the filmmakers and, and the one I, benefit, I'm, this is our third I'm, play adaptation that we've done. Because when I'm kind Miami, of thinking that character didn't exist except in his head. You might be right. Or, yeah. Because she be right. was, she was the daughter that we, he was surrogating on the nurse. So to that, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I'm even in my head sitting here saying like, well, maybe it does. Maybe it was all from his point of view. So maybe he was interpreting it that way because he's thinking that everybody thinks mm. he's crazy, and that is one thing yeah, that drives he just, people crazy. He just pulled, he pulled faces for his inner monologue. Touche. My last note here is that was so sad. And the ending is sad, people, but it's worth it. It's a cathartic sad. I don't think oh, it's like God, a depressing sad. Yeah. No, the, the ending is totally worth it. In light yeah. of, yeah, what Dave, I think it's a, I think the ending is the perfect exclamation point to kind of what Dave was saying. The evolution of the filmmaking in this movie builds to something that happens with the camera in the very last moment that they don't do anything like this. The camera doesn't really move off the tripod in this entire movie it doesn't it doesn't exist it's not oh no it starts to track and all sorts of stuff in the second act it does move with him it changes it changes techniques as we go it does move with him but it doesn't definite but there's always a focus but there's always a focus on a subject so i feel like what happens in the ending is uh is heightened because it finally goes away i feel like I feel like it, it frees you in a, in the way that it wants you to feel like you're being freed by what is happening to him with the dialogue and emotionally. 
filmmaking wise, cinematographically, it also frees you with where it takes you. I don't want to literally say what it does, but the ending, everybody keeps talking about the ending to this movie. It is a very powerful last scene. And yeah, it does kind of start a, you need to go, you need to be frustrated at some points with a movie like this, because whether you like it or not, this is a movie about whether or not what you're seeing is real, which means that all the little things that Jeff and Dave were having issues with, I think he wanted you to be saying, am I frustrated with that? Because yada, 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 it Hmm. doesn't feel real to me. My only only critique of this is I had to get past the fact that I was watching a play and I was, it was very evident at the beginning that you're watching a play. And I feel like at that point, it didn't yeah, bother if they, me. If they could have, I, I I agree with you. It didn't even come close to how much I was bothered by the other two plays for the entire yeah. movies. It just wasn't. <laughs> I agree with you that it go, it went away from it a lot more successfully than those than One Night in Miami or more rainy. So it did. Mm. It was interesting to me that everything they were doing filmmaking wise at the beginning was almost intended to feel like you're sitting back and you're watching this. I don't know if it, I don't know if they needed to do that. I think I was ready to come in closer and really live with both of them. And I think I would have had the rug I, yeah, pulled I, out for I me even liked more. That as well. Yeah. But uh, what an achievement! Florian Zeller has only yeah. He's, he's directed a few other things, but nothing at this uh, size in terms of acclaim Still. and cast and scope and money and wow. So I mean, this is something. This yeah. is like an art, art house film that I'm really and glad Olivia, it's getting noticed. And with yeah. Olivia Colman, you get instant pathos. She's just one of those people. If you've ever seen Broadchurch, not the comedies, and I know I'd already seen The Crown, but The Crown is postured. So this is, and which she's brilliant at, but this is just one of those where if you need a reaction, you get it. She just, she just is so relatable and so caring and charming, and you just, you just go with her. I think, I think she's a really, really cool surrogate for the audience and how the audience could be feeling, even though it's from his point of view. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a pretty cool I, effect. I also did like the the thing about the watch. That happens like in real watch, life. My, the my watch, parents, yeah, the watch was his th- This anger. kind of movie is going to bring you up to any time if you've ever had a family member deal with this, which I certainly have in my family. Mm-hmm. I watched this with my parents and Chloe, but certainly let my parents and my mom especially, but both my mom and my dad were like, that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens. Yeah, I do think that, you know, we're living in this age where like every fucking, you know, group on earth is fighting to have more of a, of a louder voice. And you know what? Community does not have a loud voice and is, doesn't have the social media means to talk about it. Anybody who's retired. People. Not just retired, <laughs> especially poor, like especially elderly, poor elderly people. people yeah. yeah, less the boomers, more Anthony's generation, like the ones that are above them. And, you know, it's only every now and then that, first of all, there aren't that many really huge actors who choose to keep acting up through the end of their career. I think at some point, a lot of them do kind of hang it up. I even heard Anthony Hopkins in an interview talking about how maybe five, six years ago, he was thinking about hanging it up because he just really wasn't getting roles that were really pushing him. Um and, you know, Gene Hackman literally retired and he said, quote, I don't want to play grandpas. So I do think it's it's also exciting to see this perspective because, you know, what, we really just don't get it very much in cinema. And my favorite two performances of this year, possibly we will do our list soon. Anthony yes. Hopkins, who is a quote unquote grandpa and the grandma and Minari, who is an actual grandma. So, you know what, Gene yeah. Hackman, read some scripts like yeah. <laughs> or, or retire. Dude. That's come back or to retire us. or retire. But don't <laughs> shit on grandparents because, oh, my God, they think about the wisdom and fuck man yeah all right anything else this movie is amazing but like you just have to see it there's only so much we can say about and it yeah like I, 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 that's what i'm saying as well yeah. it's not going to grab everyone at the beginning but holy fuck stick with it yeah, yeah. stay with it like trust it will the, get trust the play. yeah if it doesn't get you by the end you don't have a heart yeah those people always give people a stick in their ass what dave just said but uh okay yeah. 
<laughs> you know, go fuck you guys. Find out whether or not you have a There's soul. There's something wrong saying, with you. I would say, say, yeah. say kind of like a kind of like a nomad land. This film is probably in terms of form, it probably is going to watch unlike movies. You probably haven't seen many movies like this before, unless you've yeah, watched. People love actors, man. A lot of people stuff. are just more so than No Man Land, which obviously Florence is one of our. I mean, not Florence. Jesus Christ, uh, Franny is one of our favorite, favorite, favorite people of all time. This is like you can follow those. Every scene has an actor that you could follow really well. So yeah, yeah. I think it's successful as fuck. And it's only ninety-seven minutes. So give it. Go. I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Like, it's nominated for production design. Yeah. My wife came out and watched. I want to say fifteen minutes of this because I was already halfway through it by the time she got to it. And uh, she watched about 15 minutes of it and she's like, wow, it's amazing how much the house looks like a nursing home yeah. or looks like oh, a hospital. Shit. And I was like, 15 minutes. She picked <laughs> up on that in 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. All right, people. It. So that's it. That's what we're going to talk about today. We just talked about 10 Oscar nominations in two films. These were fantastic films. We're doing a pretty good job of backloading fantastic films that we did not necessarily expect would be nominated when we made yeah. our time frame. So kudos. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Next week, people, we are very, very close to the Oscars in case you're listening to this in the future. All right. But next week, we are going to be doing two more Oscar-nominated films that are both streamable for free Assuming you pay your subscription fees for your services, we have Another Round, which is nominated for Best Director, Thomas Vinterberg, and Best Foreign Language Film. It also stars Mads Mikkelsen. It is about guys who are older, middle-aged, who think it's better if they stay drunk all the time, that their life will be better. How, what a premise. Like, we should just fucking get on board with starring Mads Mikkelsen, nominated for Best Director. Let's what's, go. What's the opposite of a buzz? I need an opposite yeah, of a buzz. For that. Of, you, we should gush that. We should just gush that lock. Yeah, and I'm 100% then, behind that. <laughs> and then um, we're going to watch uh, Pieces of a Woman, which stars Vanessa Kirby, nominated for Best Actress. Uh, I believe the premise is she loses a child. Uh, very early in her life or maybe even a pregnancy and so we don't know much about it but we're going to know all about it next week when we see it those are again very 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 streamable for free if you pay your subscription services netflix and i think hulu for another round although i'll have to double check anything we should say before we send the people off people hmm. no that was very good watch all yeah. these movies try to watch all these movies because either the week after uh, or the week after that, we are, like we said, we are going to be doing a Oscar picks episode and that is going to be spoiler fucking filled. So we're going to be talking yeah, about man. all these movies, all these also, performances. We're going to want to know your, your picks in the chat, in the messages. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. So please try all to right. catch up so you can have something to say and join us. All right. Signing Peace. off. See you soon. Film fans. 